Hello friends, I hope all of you are doing well. So let's talk today about happiness. If you look at whatever we do in life, the ultimate aim for whatever we do is to be happy. Our means and ways could be different, but ultimately all our pursuits should bring us happiness. So let's delve on this little bit more. Now, sadly, when we talk about happiness, we do not understand the difference between happiness and pleasure. Not that everybody does not understand. We probably have an intellectual understanding about it, but I think there's more thinking and examination that we have to do. And the reason I'm saying this is because when I ask this question, what makes you happy? People have given me numerous answers from uh, I love shopping. Shopping makes me happy. In fact, one of my workshop participants said, every month once I must do shopping. It is very essential for my happiness. Then somebody was arguing with me saying that, what is wrong in having one peg of whiskey every day? I'm not addicted, but I just have one peg and I like to sit with my peg and that makes me happy. Then somebody says, parting makes me happy. Work hard, party harder is the mantra that a lot of people live. Now, if you examine this, all these external activities of engagement, they are nothing but sensual pleasures. For example, somebody goes on shopping, buys these lovely clothes, and then they feel amazing looking at them uh, themselves in the mirror. So the visual sense is augmented and therefore they like to present themselves and put pictures and again, you know, get these spikes of pleasure. So it's augmenting the sense pleasure. Uh, food, for a lot of people, they say food makes me happy. A lot of people say I'm a foodie. You know, in India, there was never this concept like I'm a foodie because still most of, most of the people staying in the rural areas, they eat only two meals. They eat in the morning and eat in the evening. That's it. They're not snacking. There's nothing. And uh, so this concept of I'm a foodie is a very 21st century concept for people who are exposed with a little bit of more financial power or a little bit of more comforts and luxuries that they can buy all this stuff. But it's not actually necessary for living. It's just sensory pleasure. India in, Go, in, in India, Goa is famous for partying and uh, there's cheap liquor. So everybody, most of the people who want to have liquor and partying, they go to Goa. And uh, they go club hopping, party hopping. Then there are various kinds of parties. I don't know the difference between them. But there are techno parties. There are trance parties. There are, uh, there are some other other ritualistic parties i don't know how many you know variations are there i've heard there are some spiritual parties also essentially what is again happening through this engagement and parting is again sensory pleasure so and the problem with sensory pleasure is that we are not satisfied doing it once now people again start justifying this no 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 no, no. i have it in my control it's just one peg but if you examine that deeply, that one peg has become a support system for you because if you don't have it someday, then you're missing that one peg. And therefore, this notion of free will has to be also challenged. So neuroscientists say that once we are conditioned for a certain response, the window of free will is very, very narrow because those 
conditioned programs fired in our brain and before even we know about it we have already executed the action and then there is only repentance right that's how a lot of people you know food addicts when they go on diet most of the times they're thinking about cheat days and you know how will i eat and all of that you know so it's a whole saga around it so when we say that all these things of external engagement give me happiness we have gravely mistaken it because they, what they give is only sensory pleasure now the problem with this is that we get accustomed to a certain kind of pleasure and then we have to change the form of it or increase the quantity of it so people who got into addictions if you remember it always started with that first sip or the first smoke and then they just got entangled into it and then it became obsession and addiction and all of that happens so we have to keep on changing the form we have to increase the intensity therefore people go like i said club hopping one club does not satisfy their pleasure instincts and all of this uh, has to be repeated again and again the problem is it has to be repeated again and again and therefore in the 21st century our greatest uh, challenge is that we have to keep our mind engaged into something to feel happy because we can't sit idle so once i just peeped into a trance party there's only this certain frequency music going on and people just freaking out for eight hours somehow you know this is a good indication that they want to numb their mind somehow not make it work for those certain five six hours and feel these intense spikes of pleasure in the body and the brain but on the contrary happiness is something which is cultivated free from external conditions which is cultivated within when the mind is not fluttering and uh, between one depleted state to another the mind is not fluttering with continuous thoughts when we experience this inner space of silence and stillness and peace that's the fertile ground for growing our happiness and scientists have also called this special chemical in the brain that's released which is called anandamide which is a bliss chemical now they're not saying it's a pleasure spike chemical it's a bliss chemical which means this chemical is released in internal states of meditation when one achieves deep silence and tranquility and concentration it doesn't matter what your external conditions are i mean somebody might be going through like numerous challenges in life but that person can still access the space within which is free of any dependently arising conditions and that could be a reservoir or a continuous source for steady sustained and certain level of happiness that we experience within so if i have to really look at what is happiness it is devoid of sense pleasures because our sensual pleasures can never really bring sustained happiness so if i have this food lovely food today tomorrow i'll be seeking it again and in fact i i'm a teetotaler but i also love certain kinds of foods and what i realize is that these cravings can come up in my meditation also because i'm again my body and my brain is seeking that sugar spike 
which will spike up my pleasure chemicals to feel good. And I think in this age of instant gratification, we are going towards all these feel good factors based on external engagement and sadly calling them as sources of happiness. And it's high time that we realize this. You know, this event I went to Goa, there's there's a big group now who is also, you know, meditating. They're doing some lovely things in Goa and all of that. And one of the persons was telling me that, you know, people who did this for parting scene for a very long time, they have, start, they have started to realize that it's not working. After doing it for a few years, they realize that there has to be something else that we have to look for, which is absolutely going inward to find that real source of happiness. And you know, for youths, it's even more important to realize this fallacy very early in life because usually people say, ah, I'll start meditating at 50. No, at 50, you may not have the physical strength and the mental will. Therefore, Indian school system was residential schools, which we called as gurukuls, where in very early age, they were initiated into meditative practices because they have this energy, the right mindset, they can be, the mind can be cultivated very easily. And then they grew up as really strong, resilient individuals. So I think we have to challenge these notions that we are engaged with continuously in external activities. And, and uh, you know, we're thinking that these are going to make us happy. In fact, the more variety in life and the more seeking we do for sensual pleasures, it's proven that it also paralyzes paralyzes us for decision making you know just to give you an example you enter into a store you buy you want to buy one bottle of juice and there are 50 varieties you're still wondering what do i buy and after 15 minutes you just pick up the same bottle that you picked up last week because you couldn't decide you know so we actually are incapacitated with so much of variety and with so much of sensual pleasure and therefore again going back to the Indian system I think we always said while you can aim really high you can have a vision you, your pursuits can be you know for the greater good and all that but if you conduct your life with simplicity you will see that those sense pleasures automatically either they are in control or they dissolve because you have never sought them and therefore you go inward to find a real sense of happiness but right now you know our uh, the way we've progressed in the past few years, everything is at our disposal. And yet, and yet, look at the number of people that are unhappy. Look at the number of psychiatric cases that are increasing. This pandemic was a good example of how just in a, when we were in the confines of our own home, a lot of people had the comfort of the home. Everything was fine. Just that they couldn't step out for a few months. Psychiatric cases like increased and we had to go and seek help you know so in spite of all the pleasure sources available outside we haven't been happy which means it beacons us that we have to look within and find that source of joy within and clearly distinguish between what is happiness and pleasure so therefore and there are ways and tools where you can build that within you. In fact, there is another uh, you know, the document that I was reading and I, I quite agree with it that the same high that you get when you have a drug, you can get even a better internal state when you are meditating in deep silence. So that's the power. But the problem is we want results instantly. So we go, you know, 
one place to another, one activity to another, but we don't want to pause, spend those few minutes for nourishing ourselves and continuously seek outside. But one day, by the cycle of the nature, all this is going to slow down. Our physical processes, our mental processes will slow down. The, it is the nature of life. It will take us towards that slow phase in life where if we are not able to sit at one place doing nothing, just feel peace, we're doomed. And this is a problem with many, many people today. They cannot just sit idle and experience their breath, just a few cycles and feel that silence within. The, a lot of people say, I have heard them saying that I can't sit idle. My mind has to be engaged with something. It's high time that we wake up. And your mind has to be engaged with what? Mostly, again, those pursuits which bring pleasure. There's a difference, there is a difference between a state of flow where you're engaged meaningfully and there's a difference when you're engaged just because we cannot settle down our mind. So this continuous extraneous activity of the mind to seek something outside is paralyzing. And therefore, again, even in the 21st century, how people lived thousands of years ago where they did their spiritual practices, they did meditation, uh, scientists are also saying that, that we may want to go back to those roots again because that's sustainable way of happiness. So I hope, you know, we start thinking about this soon and cultivating those habits of diving within every single day to access that state of joy within because it's always within us. It's never outside. Through, through certain conditions that we can create outside, yes, we can feel comfort, but... This is another thing that I want to say. I have met people who have like who live in like really luxurious houses, but they are miserable because of something or the other. Which means, in spite of having these numerous external comforts, if we can't keep our mind at peace, it's of no use. On the other side, I've also met people in my country where with very frugal resources, minimalistic livings, you see they exude joy, they exude compassion, they exude you know, happiness. And you can see them that they are really vibrant individuals, which means, again, our level of happiness beyond a certain level of basic necessities of life is not directly proportional to how many external conditions of pleasure and comforts that we create so uh, this this should be a good reminder to us in fact we have, may have also experienced this that uh, you know when external conditions were not favorable but there was this inner serenity we could just flow in life and vice versa so this is a good wake-up call for us like good example that in spite of having all these comforts outside there's something more that we are looking for in life which means we are looking for more sustained inner source of joy and peace and that's what i want to encourage everybody to find your practice every day even if it's for a few minutes to seek that joy within thank you